blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. And a happy Monday to everybody. Thanks for joining us here. Hope you are well wherever you are. It was a crisp one degree below zero here in upstate New York today, but the coffee's hot, so we're good. Uh, welcome to Pugsley's Pit. I am Sean Pugsley Martin asking you the question, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Thanks again for joining us today by way of introduction. I'm a freelance sports writer for the Albany Times Union, sports enthusiast, unabashed homer that can also be found as co-host of the m m m across the board podcast on a weekly basis uh, you can follow the show on twitter at pugsley's pit and taking the podcast on youtube apple and spotify on today's show we'll go through my sports world just for a few minutes talk some raider football a lot going on uh, in vegas uh and then also bring in our guest a very excited uh to have a social media icon for the raider nation kenny king jr and then uh, after uh, after Kenny leaves the show, we'll get into a few other topics in the Around the World segment as we go forward. But first, hear from our sponsor. Okay, it's a new year with new goals. Start your new year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget or your New Year's resolutions. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We're here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Luis, the VIP Mad Morales, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kearns Faboda, or Mark from Clifton Park Ellis Jr. connect you up with a perfect deal. Right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle. So just ask for Brian, buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Benice, Nicole Ozer, or Cam, let's do a deal McKenna. Again, all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. So start the new year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda and Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. And so let's get right to uh, the hot topic in Vegas uh, this week. It looks like the Raiders have settled in on uh, their head coach, new head coach, Josh McDaniels. Um, not a big fan of this. Talked about it last week. Preferred Jim Harbaugh, preferred Rich Bisaccia, to be honest with you, McDaniels. I just have some issues with him as his tenure in Denver was a, an abject failure. Um, I mean, he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. I'm reading things, people trying to give him the benefit of doubt. He's got a lot of experience in New England. He's been Super Bowl teams. He's innovative on, on offense. He better be, okay? Because some of those warts, you know, judgment calls, it's been 11 years. I get it. So maybe he's grown, maybe he's matured at the end of the day. Uh, Mark Davis didn't ask me my opinion, so I don't get a vote. But uh, so we'll see what happens there with him and, and Mr. Ziegler coming in as the GM. The one thing I do like is the word is that uh, McDaniels is a fan of, of Derek Carr. We'll get into that with Kenny soon. I'm a car guy. I, I think you surround him with enough talent. Yeah, he's got some drawbacks for sure. But, uh, you know, I, I think Carr, Carr can be a player for us. And, uh, you know, you go to the guy I really wanted was Jim Harbaugh. And I, I don't know that he ever officially interviewed for the job. My feeling is that, that that smoke around Harbaugh came on really quick and just as quickly it dissipated. And I'm just wondering, did they 
compare notes his people with with uh, the Raider uh, front front office. Did he want too much control? Not sure, but the Harbaugh talk went away real fast once the McDaniel's talk started. And then I did hear a rumor. I do want to acknowledge uh, Rich Pisaccia, who, who for me will be a Raider legend forever. He took over in the most unimaginable circumstances, held that team together. If not, he brought them together even more. And, uh, and now he's moving on. And here today, the Jacksonville wants to interview him for their head coaching job. So for now, it's Josh McDaniels. Uh, I believe he's going to be introduced today. I know the Ziegler hire was uh, was finalized today. So a lot going on in Vegas. Uh, big day in football yesterday, but for the Raider Nation, a lot of good things coming up, and hopefully it's all good. So with that, very excited to bring in Penny King Jr. And if that, that name rings a bell to Raider fans, uh, Father Kenny was a, a huge part of that 1980 Super Bowl champion team. Super Bowl 15, I don't think they win it without him. Uh, and also uh, backed up Marcus Allen on the 83 group. So, Kenny, welcome uh, to Pugsy Spit. How's things? Things are good, man. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. I uh, really appreciate you joining the show. First thing, I saw you tweeted the other day. You, you might have to get a, used to accepting, accepting Josh McDaniels. And I, I, I think my meme follow-up was somebody vomiting. That's how I felt a couple days ago. <laughs> But you know what? Look, I'm a Raider fan. I've been a Raider fan for this year. Coming up 22 will be my 49th year. You ride and die with the silver and black. They didn't ask me my opinion. If he's my coach, I got to back him. Yeah, you know, the way I look at it is like this. I, I try to approach things very optimistically until I can't. Um, and look, we look at Josh McDaniels' tenure in Denver, and it was it wasn't great. Right. But that was also 12 years ago. And so that's what I'm going to lean on. It was 12 years ago. He was young. He was immature. I mean, obviously, there was the indie thing where he backed out of that deal as well. Um, but what I'm looking at is, OK, this is 12 years later. Um, this is a guy who's, you know, he's got a tremendous amount of success under his belt. And granted, he worked with one of the greatest head coaches of all time with Bill Belichick. And they did a lot of questionable things and and, and cheating and all, all those things. If you're, um, if you're a Raider, you can cheat in number one rule. Exactly. Well, that's the thing is you, you got a lot of Raider fans that are like well i don't want him because of cheetah it's like well al said if you ain't cheating you ain't you ain't trying and so that's that's the right way right but looking at it looking at josh and daniel some of the things that that kind of stand out to me the 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 positives right um the patriots were sixth in red zone efficiency last year and the raiders struggled in the red zone um you know you look at the the ability for him to to develop Mac Jones and what Mac Jones was able to do. Um, the success that they had outside, even with Cam Newton, Cam had a little bit of success, you know, the previous year, not the success that they wanted, but he was also playing through injury. So he has the ability to, to develop quarterbacks. He even made Tebow a, a playoff guy. And so <laughs> this is somebody, this is somebody who's had a little bit of success. And I'm really excited about what he's going to bring to the table for Carr, uh, for Darren Waller, for Foster Moreau. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I've been banging the table saying that, you know, the, the Moreau and the Moreau and Waller pairing could be the next Gronk and Hernandez if used correctly. And, you know, minus the murders. But um, this is really something that, that they could really develop. And then you look at guys like Josh Jacobs, who had a down year. This is somebody who could really revive Josh Jacobs' career going into that fifth year, looking at, you know, is this a guy that we're going to keep going term? Is this a guy that, that we're going to run forward with? Because you got Ken, you got Kenyon Drake on the books for $11 million. Do you give Josh Jacobs his fifth-year option at $10.5 And so those are some of the things that we're going to look at with McDaniels. 
I, I hope Josh gets that extension because his season turned to maybe too early to say his career. He had those fumbles against Denver in December, mm-hmm. and they went into halftime, and he came out in that second half a different player. Yeah, you know, and, when, and maybe when he runs angry, that's all you need. When he runs angry, he's he's a force to be reckoned with, and I think that that's the thing. We need to find a way to get Josh angry every week. <laughs> I'll just show him Auburn War Eagle footage or something like that. <laughs> Go back to his Alabama days. All right, Derek Carr. Okay, the, the, the one thing I liked about McDaniels, I heard early on that he wanted to have full control of the operation. I don't want to see that again from a head coach. We just lived it for, for two and a half years with, with John Gruden. I don't think that method works. I think there's got to be a hierarchy, and a head coach has a lot to take on his plate for a game. Um, but I know they're a car guy, and they made Mac Jones look really good this year, and I agree with you on Moreau. That's that's the best part because the Raider tight ends are a strength. Mm-hmm. Um Derek Carr, I, I I get it. He fumbles a lot. He, you know, thank God I didn't see too much this year. Him trying to stick the ball out over a goal line and losing it on a touchback. What is it with Raider fans? It almost seems like there's some Raider fans that would rather the team lose with him than win for fear that he's going to stay around. You know, I I get asked this question a lot because obviously I'm a big car guy, and um, I think that Raider fans, a lot of Raider fans, especially especially younger Raider fans, right? It's it's more of that you know, more of that 25 to, you know, kind of even close to my age, you know, 25 to 38 year olds, where it's like, you know, the grass is greener. You see a Patrick Mahomes, you see a Tom Brady, you see an Aaron Rodgers, you see a Lamar Jackson, you see these guys go out there and, and do these amazing feats, not realizing that they have a tremendous supporting cast. I mean, Tom Brady has probably one of the best supporting casts in the National Football League. He's always had a top-rated defense. He's he's been gifted a lot of success. And I'm not taking anything away from Brady. Like Brady is, you know, he's he's a great quarterback, but he's had a lot of things that have gone his way. Um, you look at guys like Deshaun Watson, where you know when Deshaun Watson's on the field, he's electric. But at the same time, the last record that he had was four and twelve. Yeah. So and they had a, you know they didn't have a defense, and we talk about get car defense get car this, get car that. Every quarterback needs tools to succeed. Every quarterback needs weapons. You, to sit there and say that quarterbacks don't need a weapon or a quarterback doesn't need a number one wide receiver, it's a joke. You look at the top quarterbacks in the league, they have their weapons. They have their they have their go-to guys. And so to there's some Raider fans that just want to – they want to complain to complain. Um, there's some Raider fans that, you know, have a legitimate beef. And there's some just don't like Carr because – because he's too clean cut and they don't want to deal with the clean cut image. They want a bad boy out there. So it, it, it's, it baffles me. Um, for me, it's like, I don't care who's behind. I don't care who's under center. If you're playing hard for this team and you're put, putting this team in a position to win, I'm going to root for you. So, I mean, it could be anybody behind center, but right now I'm riding with Carr for our quarterback and I hope he gets an extension. So do I, I, yeah, look, he's a loyal guy. He loves being part of the organization. If, if you believe what he says. And, and I do, but what else are you going to do? You're going to trade a whole bunch of picks to bring in a 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers? There's there's nobody coming out in the draft that's, to me, a, a franchise quarterback at least day one. So what are you going to do? There's no there, – there's look, there's no Pat Mahomes in the draft. No. There's – you know, do you, do you want to bring in an Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you know, I've had this conversation with a few people. It's – you can bring somebody in like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady and, and say, you know, this is – you know, we can guarantee that you're going to have this guy for two years. You're not going to guarantee a Super Bowl. 
you know, you didn't you weren't guaranteeing a Super Bowl with, with Tom Brady going to the Bucks immediately. It was just all the pieces that fell into place. You're not gonna bring in all those free agents to the Raiders. I mean, they're and they already had a good defense. So you have to look at what makes sense. I don't see anybody in the draft that that compares to Carr. I don't see anybody in the draft that's gonna be better than Carr in a few years. Um, you don't see a Joe Burrow in this draft, right? No. You're not you don't you don't have that talent right there. You have a quarterback who's been consistently in the top 15. Um, this year, I, I believe he played like a top 10 player. Um, he was top five in passing this year. And obviously, there's a fumble issue. That's something that you can continue to work on. That's something that obviously does frustrate people. Um, but at the same time, that's a minor thing. You know, people always want to bring up the 76 fumbles, but the, the, he got most of them back. Uh, I think that the biggest thing is... The biggest thing is just focusing on protecting the ball and and moving the ball in and getting scores in the end zone or getting scores in the red zone and and that's where I think McDaniel's is going to come into play with the you know with the sixth ranked red zone offense. Yeah, the red zone could have been worse last year. You know, even the last play of the season when the, the ball didn't Waller and Renfro or decoys at the five yard line and the pass yeah. didn't get to the end zone. I mean, I can't figure that out. I'm no offense to Greg Olson, I'm not going to miss him. Um, no. But here's the. Uh, the thing with Carr, okay, you look at the year they were having before Henry Ruggs did what Henry Ruggs did. Everything's changed. You got you got Brian Edwards is a is a nice receiver. Zay Jones is a nice receiver. They don't get separation though. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, yeah, he had his moments, but still he's he's getting up there in in age and all that stuff. I think you have to give you have to give Derek Carr some weapons. A guy can't do it just by himself. You look at Joe Burrow. He brings in Jamar Chase this year, and bang, you know, that team's in the Super Bowl. Not just because of that, but it all kind of flows, mixing in the in the in the backfield. But one thing I want to talk about Carr in, in for the Raiders with McDaniels, I don't want to rebuild. I want to re, you know, let's let's fix it up a little bit, okay? But the one thing with Carr, he really stepped up as a leader of the team and, and the voice in the locker room. I thought him and Max Crosby were the two guys. Mm -hmm. uh, really did it. I mean, if you you come in and you start changing that stuff, you're going to mess up the chemistry of the team. Even if you bring in an Aaron Rodgers, you don't know what's going to happen to the chemistry of the team given his kind of off the field views. You look at you look at 2018 when John Gruden came in. They <clears throat> the Raiders traded away Khalil Mack, and Khalil Mack being one of the leaders of the team, right? And you know, you there was a. There was there was a, a downfall for the team for that. You had Bruce Irvin that quit on the team. You had you know Reggie Nelson who fell off. You had Damon Emerson who just who forgot how to cover receivers. There was a there was a snowball effect from that, and you went from a team that was in the playoffs in 2016 to a team that went through a rebuild. John Gruden tore everything down yeah. and built it back up. I don't want to see that again. We've no. got great the you know the Raiders have great pieces in place. The Raiders have a good foundation. They have a good leadership structure. All they need are some key pieces. They need to shore up the offensive line, shore up the defensive line at tackle, um, bring in some linebackers and, and look at, you know, potentially replacing Trayvon Mullen at corner. Those are the issues. Those are the areas where, you know, you want to, you want to fix. Those are the issues in the areas that you want to rebuild. You don't need to rebuild this whole team. This is a team that was 10 and seven. They went to the wild card. They lost by six points to the team that's going to the Super Bowl. This is a team that is primed to go into the playoffs year in and year out if they do this the right way. And what you do is you do not mess things up. You saw what John Gruden would happen. Do not do it again. Take care of your guys. Take care of the guys that are there. 
extend Max Crosby, extend Carr, take care of your foundational structure. These are the guys that are going to be the leaders going forward. These are the guys that are going to keep the team together because they through the throughout thick and thin, through the Henry Ruggs, through the John Gruden, through the Damon Arnett, through losing Alec Ingle to losing half of the offensive line. These are the guys, these are the glue that held this team together. Keep this team intact. Yeah, and you also have just under 40 million bucks is what I saw the other day in salary cap money available. So yeah, the opportunity is going to be there. Um, so let's hope so. Yeah, I've been through rebuilds too. And you go back to say you support whoever is under quarterback. I mean, my God, in I think it was 2009, I was in the Meadowlands talking garbage, talking trash in the parking lot to all Giants fans saying this was the day Jamarcus Russell gets it together and gets his <laughs> career going. And I believed for about half a quarter. And then <laughs> you could hear one voice coming from the end zone, uh, pocket presence. Yeah, he had none. So, yeah, I, I believe in that. But you, you got to believe. And if nothing else, this year, uh, the roller coaster that the Raiders took us on was probably a microcosm of my 48 years as a fandom. It goes from game to game or week to week. It, it's never a dull moment being a Raider never. fan. So Never. You're never going to have that. I mean, you're, you're never going to have a dull moment. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Let's talk about your, your dad and your experience growing up uh, in an NFL family. I mean, what was that like? Just a lot of, you know, that's the exception uh, to the rule that uh, how was the game for you growing up that, that most people don't see? Yeah. So for me, I mean, um, by the time I was, you know, by the time I was born, uh, the Raiders had already moved to Los Angeles. So they moved to LA uh, and, you know, right when I was born. Um, and so, you know, it was, um, when my mom and dad were together, they, you know, she would take me down to the games. And then as I got a little bit older, I would fly down. Um, and this was back in the days where, you know, the, 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 the rules were a lot more lax and, you know, kids could get on the plane and they'd fly. And so I'd fly down to LA every week and I'd, I'd go to the games with my dad. I'd be at practice every week and be on the sidelines running around and, um, you know, grew up in the locker room and grew up around guys like Cliff Branch and Howie Long and, uh, you know, it, legends like that. And, you know, sat at, at Al Davis's table for dinner yeah. and things and things like that. So jealous for me, it was like, it was always, it's always been kind of one of those things where it's like, when I talk about the Raiders, I say we, and I know a lot of Raider fans, we say we, but I, you know, this is something that's been in my blood. This is something that I've been around since day one. Um, and so um, for me growing up in a football family, it was kind of, you know, it's, it was kind of interesting because my dad never pushed football on us, like on me, my brother. Um, he never, you know, kind of like made us do anything. Uh, I played because I wanted to. I played because I, I love the game. Um, I loved the, the the thrill that I got from it. Um, and I, you know, grew up Raider fan because of, you know, what I experienced growing up, um, you know, just being around these guys and the love that I got from the team, the love that, you know, I saw my dad get even after he retired uh, and then going to tailgates or going to events with him and, you know, seeing Raider fans come up to him and it, it, it's exciting. It's a rush. Right. Um, and so for me, it was always like, I didn't know anything else. You know, I, I you yeah. know, I see these fans that, that say, oh, you know, I'm a fan of this team, but I also like this team or, you know, that, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a Raider fan anymore. I'm a 49er fan. Like I can never switch up like that. Like, how do you, how do you do that? Like if the way I look at it is like, for me, it's in my blood. And, you know, uh, one of the things that Raider fans, and you know, the Sean is we say we bleed silver and black. If you bleed silver and black, I'm sorry, that doesn't change. I don't know how you can start bleeding red and gold. Like it, 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 just, it doesn't work. You're and right. so that, that's something for me. So, you know, growing up for that, that was always my thing is that loyalty. I don't care. And I always said, 
The Raiders could be in the Raiders could be in Vegas. The Raiders could be in L.A. The Raiders could be in Oakland. The Raiders could be in Mars. I don't care. As long as the Raiders are the Raiders and they're rocking the silver and black, I will always be a Raider. Yeah, I mean, for me, growing up, I moved to California in 72. I lived in Fremont for a little bit and then up to San Lorenzo near Hayward. The same thing. I've been to been to a few Raider games. Uh, the A's hat behind me. I've been to the Oakland Coliseum more times than you can imagine. And there's only one team for me. I, I you know, I, I like the Raiders and I could care less about 31 other teams. Yeah. You know, I have family that lives just outside of Denver. And the first time I ever went there, my mother had a, a vehicle from one of John Elway's car dealerships. And I was like, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not having that. So, but I get it. So here's a question I got to ask you. I want to show you this picture. Uh, my producer was able to grab this photo. And uh, what he said, it's, it's a little it's a little blurry, but uh, that's from your dad's first uh, first touchdown uh, in the NFL with the Raiders. Nice. So I wanted to have that for you. Here is the question I have. Every time I think your dad, I, I get a visual of um, uh, Herman Edwards' arm still flailing in the air in the Super Bowl <laughs> 15. Your dad had a distinctive way of carrying the ball when he was uh, when he was in the open field. They said he held it like a loaf of bread. You can see it on mm-hmm. on that um, on that play in Super Bowl 15, his 89 yard touchdown against San Diego that year during that season. Uh, when he would come home, if, if he had it like a loaf of bread, was bread in the King household? Did it have big fingerprints <laughs> on it? Uh, so, <laughs> so here's a funny thing. Um, if you look at the stat sheet, my dad actually had 26 fumbles. If we, if we want to talk about fumbles, right? <laughs> okay. My dad had 26 fumbles, but he said the reason why he held the ball like that, and he did it in college. He did it when he was with Oklahoma. Barry Switzer hated it. Uh, he did it in high school, and he, he never fumbled in high school. But he said that he did that because he knew nobody was going to catch him. He was so wow. confident that once he hit the open field, that nobody was going to catch him because he was gone. And so he said, I'm going to hold the ball like that. He goes, and if you get the ball from me, then more power to you, but you're not going to catch me. And we saw it time in and time out. He would break on these long runs, and they they wouldn't catch him. Um, we didn't have bread. I mean, I don't remember bread in the house. I remember going to my grandma's house, and she had – so my uh, my dad's from old school Texas, like rural, rural country Texas. She's got the bread box with the bread in there. And, you know, we have bread with, you know, white bread with uh, with our barbecue and, and all that. And so uh, I remember that, but it was always in the box. But there was no 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 fingerprints or anything like that on the bread. It was just, uh, you know, I never saw him carry bread. <laughs> I yeah. just saw him carry the ball like a loaf of bread. Uh, I'll tell you, when the, when the Raiders traded for him, I was excited. You look back me, you see a, a Nebraska logo. I, I was very familiar with your dad back in college. He was part of those uh, Sooner teams that would wreck my late November each year uh, <laughs> with, with Billy Sims. And you said coach Switzer. And I think a few more hairs fell out when you brought that brought up that group, they were a tough, tough team to play against. Um, if you could pick one memory for you as a, as a growing up, a Raider, uh, Raider fan, Raider family, uh, what would it be? <clears throat> um, for me, this is kind of funny. So it's just, it's a funny story that I like to tell. Um, it has nothing to do with the game has everything to do with the Raiders, has everything to do with kind of um, who the Raiders were and the the type of players that they had. Um, it was when I was a baby. Uh, Willie Brown used to come around. He'd, he'd take me. My dad bring me to, bring me to practice or whatnot. And Willie Brown would come grab me, and he'd grab, go grab a soda, grab a Coca-Cola, and he'd always feed it to me. And my dad would be like, what are you doing? He goes, I just want to watch this baby burp. And he'd just sit there and, and feed me Coca-Cola and make me burp, and just they would all sit there and laugh. 
And so that was that was Willie's thing. It was just every time he saw me, he would always give me Coca-Cola just to make me burp. And that's just, you know, the kind of the kind of guys the guys, the guys were, you know, jokesters. They love to have a good time. Um, that's something I see now is when these guys get together, you know, whether they haven't seen each other for 5, 10, 15 years, they don't skip a beat. You know, I was out in Vegas uh, this past, you know, this past season um, with my dad and Reggie and um, and Jeff Barnes. And, you know, these guys, I mean, they see each other and it's just like it's not even, hey, how you doing? It's like they just immediately start in the conversation about whatever they left off with with the last conversation five years ago. Uh, and these guys, they just don't skip a beat. Wait. You brought up Vegas. My concern when they were leaving, when I grew up in the Bay Area, so it hurts. It hurt when they moved to L.A. I get it. I hurt. It hurt me now, but I, I understand it even more. I don't think the city wanted them. I don't think they wanted to be there, and I think the NFL didn't want to be there. So it is what it is. My biggest concern was that home field advantage. And when you're struggling, I'll tell you what, if I'm a Minnesota Viking fan and I see my team playing in Vegas on, on a Sunday – yeah, you know, I got some money in the bank. I'm I want to go. That's a nice weekend for the guys, right? So, and I think we saw that a little more this year, um, as kind of during the rough periods, it, you're getting a lot of visiting fans. Are not as bad as SoFi was yesterday with all that yeah. 49er invasion. That was no. embarrassing if you're the Rams. But what are the differences between the two? I mean, Oakland. I always kind of told people the Coliseum. Yeah, it was a dump, but it's our dump, right? Okay. And it had its nuances. Uh, I, I miss it. I haven't been there in a long, long time for baseball. My last Raider game was the Monday night game in the 76 season, Super Bowl season, when they uh, beat the Bengals and, and allowed Pittsburgh to get in the playoffs. Everybody thought they were going to lay down. But going to the Coliseum was an experience. So compare that with, with Allegiant Stadium. Have you been? Yeah, um, I, I, I renewed my uh, excuse me. I renewed my season ticket, so I, I do have my season tickets there. I was able to go to about four games, and I was out in Vegas a lot last season. Um, you know, I do I do a pregame show with Cody uh, Raider Cody, and we you know we go out to that, and uh, we do a pre night party that we go out there for. Um, and so um, <clears throat> it's interesting because the first couple of games it was everybody was trying to get their footing and try to figure everything out and try to you know just get the lay of the land and and walk around the stadium and just take it in. Um, and I think that you know one thing is it's beautiful. It's a beautiful stadium. They did an amazing job. Um, the tailgate is getting there. It, you know, it's getting there. I was at the Black Hole tailgate in J-Lot, and they put on a really good tailgate. And no matter where you're at, right, the Black Hole does it right. Um, but the tailgate is getting there. The fans are getting there. Um, you know, it, it's going to take some getting used to. There's there's obviously fans. There's new fans, people that have never been to a football game, people that don't know how to participate in a football game. You don't do the wave when a player's – you don't do a play, wave when the player's injured. You don't do the wave at a Raider game, period. You don't do um, wave. Yeah, thank yeah. you. But the <clears throat> the halftime entertainment was amazing. I mean, they they've had guys like you know Ice Cube, Too Short, Santana. I mean, they're 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 spending a lot of money to make it a great experience. What you see with Oakland is Oakland was exactly that. It was it was a dump, but it was our dump. Yep. The tailgate you will never find another tailgate like Oakland. I've been to a lot of stadiums. The only one that kind of compares is Philadelphia. Eagles fans, they're crazy. They're wild. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe Buffalo. You know, Buffalo fans are they're they're wild too. But but yeah, I mean, the thing with Oakland is the reason why people you didn't see the fans flooding to Oakland, nobody wants to go to Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of a lot of opposing fans are scared of Oakland. They they don't want 
they don't want the smoke of Oakland. You can go to don't Vegas. Don't go to the bathroom can... in an opposing hat on. <laughs> exactly. You know, don't you go it. to Vegas, it's a little safer for you. You know, it's 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 a little more family friendly in, in Las Vegas. And so that, I think that's what we're seeing. But um, I think that the fan base is going to definitely pick up, especially if the Raiders keep winning. Yeah, that's what I hope. That's what I hope. So, hey, before we let you go, two things. You got a Super Bowl pick a couple weeks out? Yeah, I'm taking Joey B. I'm going Bengals all the way. I gotta go with I gotta go with the Bay Area guy. Joe Mixon is from Antioch. Um, so okay. I gotta go with the Bay Area guy. Got the Oklahoma ties. Um, and so actually, um, what is it? Um <clears throat> what's the coach for uh, uh Cincy? What's his name again? I forget Zach his name. Zach Taylor, my husker. Zach Taylor. Yeah, Zach Taylor. So his dad played with my dad at Oklahoma. Okay. And so so there's there's that tie there. At the same time, I don't want to see the Rams win because I want the loss, I want the Raiders to be the only team from Los Angeles to win a Super Bowl. Still own the city. That's right. Still own the city. And hey, uh, for the viewers checking in today, how how can they find you? I know you got a lot going on with social media, but uh, why don't you throw a little plug for yourself? Yeah, I mean, the best way to find everything is if you can go to my website at KennyKingJr.com. That'll give you the links to everything. You can check me out on Twitter at KennyKing underscore Jr. Uh, and my podcast, Real Talk Podcast. It's Real Talk with Kenny King Jr. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. that'll The website will give you links to everything. Um, podcasts, I'm going to start firing back up. I took a couple weeks off. I wanted to see who we were going to get as a coach. I wanted to see what was going on with this team. And uh, now we're going to get back into it. So, yeah, check me out awesome. there. That's great. Kenny, listen, thanks again for your time. Really enjoyed having you, and hopefully uh, we talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Have a great day. You too. Kenny King Jr., better than I thought it would be. Great interview, great talk. Hey, folks, before we get to uh, we go around the world, I want to remind you all, Johnstone Supply in Troy is ready to help you as the frigid winter sets in this month. Now it's more important than ever to make sure your furnace or boiler is ready to handle the extra workload on the way this winter. Plus, what happens if your unit breaks down? Make sure you tell all your family, friends, and more. The place to call is Johnstone Supply in Troy, 518-272-5922. The crew at Johnstone Supply will give you the advice you need to get out of that dilemma and figure out the best solution for you. If you already know you must make a change this winter, Johnstone Supply in Troy has the new high-efficient Goodman Furnace and Naveen Boiler. So stop in at 6th Avenue to learn more. Call Johnstone Supply, supply 518-272-5922 and do us a favor. Hit 2 for the counter guys and tell Tom, Kevin, James, and Rob that you heard it here on Pugsley's Pit of the Godzilla Media family. All right, let's get ready to go around the world. Big, big day in the NFL. You talk about playoffs. Uh, you know, five straight games going back to last weekend ended on the, the last play of the game. The Rams kind of screwed up that uh, narrative for everybody last uh, last night by winning with just over a minute to go. Shame on you. Should have saved it, milked the clock, and kept the streak going. But whatever. Matt Stafford gets to the Super Bowl. I've been a little critical of him and the other podcasts with Ashley and Eric throughout the year. Um, was Matt Stafford uh, a talented quarterback in Detroit that couldn't get his team over the hump? Was he part of the problem there? Uh, was he Jeff George? He's not Jeff George. He, uh, he, he they gave everything, did everything they could to give away that game last week against Tampa. And Stafford came out late, threw a couple of uh, big passes to Cooper Cup, got the win. And yesterday, down ten, biggest uh, comeback in uh, NFC Championship game history, and he gets the win. And the sight of uh, of his wife in the, in the stands, everything that family's been through, and all that moving over from Detroit, 
down to LA. You could just you could just tell that emotion, uh, and it was it was nice to see. So good for good for the Staffords in the AFC. Andy Reid. You got a lot of confidence in your quarterback. I understand why Pat Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you just found out what happens when you leave things up to your quarterback instead of doing what you knew was right. Five seconds to go in the half. You're up 21 to 10. Was 21 to three touchdowns on the first three possessions. They got greedy and they ended up getting nothing. And, you know, 28 to 10 is a nice halftime lead, but so is 24 to 10 knowing you're going to get the ball to start the third quarter. The problem with that decision was there was two problems. One, Mahomes didn't throw the ball in the end zone. He didn't give his team a chance to make a play afterwards or to kick the field goal. Again, they got greedy. But now, a field goal, and you send the Bengals into the locker room, having just given up points, knowing that the Chiefs were going to get the ball, could build on that 24-10 to 10 lead. They don't get it. Now it's 21-10, to 10, and you got a Bengal team fired up because they're in the game, right? And they got momentum. And in sports, momentum isn't everything, but momentum is a lot. And that's what the Chiefs gave the Bengals, and they gave them a chance to get some of that momentum. And what happens? The Chiefs come out. They don't get anything going there uh, to start the third quarter. The lead is still 21-10, and the Bengals go down and score, and now it's 21-17, and it's game on. So for the Chiefs, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a long off season because you figured coming off that win against Buffalo, well, I figure I figure they'd win by ten, ten or more against the Bengals, and they didn't get it done. They even won the coin flip as they so graciously announced it with glee on uh, on Twitter yesterday. We won the coin flip. Well, guess what? You you still need to score points, and Mahomes throws an interception. And the defense just couldn't stop the Bengals going down there. And McPherson wins it. And good for them. You know why? I hate the Chiefs. I'm tired of the Chiefs. I'm tired of, of even the peripheral stuff. Uh, Pat Mahomes on every commercial. I've had enough. I'll just, you know, mute it next time it comes on for the Super Bowl. The other stuff, the, uh, you know, his wife there and his brother, it's just nauseating. So, and also good for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, what a, what a whirlwind for this guy. You know, he wins a national title, one of the greatest years ever in college football, and uh, two years in, he tears his uh, a knee up last year. Now they're in the Super Bowl, and good for Zach Taylor, uh, former Husker quarterback, uh, lost a Big 12 championship game in Kansas City uh, in his first year with Nebraska. They, got, they lost to Oklahoma, but he wins the AFC title in Arrowhead yesterday, so good for the Bengals. Uh, we'll make that pick next week. Should be a great Super Bowl. I hope so. It would be tough to pick against Joe Burrow, uh, like Kenny was saying. Uh, and also, I want to talk about tennis a little bit. Rafael Nadal, great match yesterday. A five-setter to go win uh, major number 21. And I think the irony around the Australian Open that Novak's uh, Djokovic gets banished from the country, can't go for the 21st major uh, in his in his great career. Uh, didn't want to follow the rules. Nadal spoke out against it when it happened. And then, bang, Nadal goes out and wins his 21st and I'll take the lead in there. So, so good for Rafa Nadal. And, uh, you know, he's always a favorite in, in France when they play on the clay. So he may have number 22 coming real soon. So that said, next week, it's going to do it here for Pugsley's Pit. Next week, we have another Raider uh, podcaster coming on, scheduled to come on, and we're excited to talk to him. As always, uh, just a reminder, uh, my book, Dear Liam Manoa, Letters from Daddy, Available on Amazon and on Kindle. If you want to give it a look, we'd appreciate it. But uh, and always, 
YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Feel free to leave any comments, any any suggestions, uh, topics, uh, anything you want. We're here to listen for you and and, uh, and bring in as entertaining show as we can. So that said, have a wonderful week, everybody. We'll take a week off between uh, the Super Bowl and the off week, the Pro Bowl. Eh, that's your thing. Not for me, but that's okay. Because that's how it is here on Pugsley's Pit. Thank you again to Kenny King Jr. We really appreciated having you. And we are going to leave you with John Facenda. And the off wind is a raider. Have a great week. The wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song he sweeps along. Swaggering voice.